Hello, and welcome back to the Tricky Notes podcast. This is your host, Trick. And this week, I'm doing another Then That's What They Called Music. And this is a retrospective of the Now That's What They what I call music series from the U.S. And this one will focus on volume two of that um, series. Now, one thing I didn't do for the first one is actually look to see if the songs were actually hits. <laughs> you know, because I the, they're advertised as hits. Um, but looking back on them, some of them actually were not uh, big hits. So um, I'm actually going to kind of go over that this time um, as I go through the songs. Now, um, a few of the songs did not chart on the Billboard Hot 100 because of rules of the Billboard Hot 100 at that time. At that time, the song had to be commercially available as a single, which means you could actually walk into a store and buy the single for it to count and on the billboard hot 100 um however the charts the songs that did not chart on the billboard hot 100 did chart on other charts so i'm not just looking at the billboard hot 100 on these i'm also going to look at the highest peaking the song did on other charts um as i go through the list so some may have picked on the r&b chart some may have picked on the alternative chart um you know, so I'll kind of go through each of these, but uh, but yeah, just kind of figured I'd add that in as a as a little bit of a of a wrinkle. So, um, so this album has eighteen tracks, but for some reason I can only find seventeen. Um, but we'll go kind of go over that. So, all right, and uh, this album kicks off with. A song that was a huge hit <laughs> and is still um, one that everybody still remembers. And that's Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. Um, Baby One More Time was Britney Spears' debut single um, and was a huge smash. Uh, it actually reached number one on the Billboard charts. Um, didn't need to look at any alternative or any secondary charts on that one. Um and, you know, it still is one of those that people remember very fondly. And, um, you know, and it is a good song and a, and a great video. Um, you know, I mean, Britney Spears showed off in the, in the first, you know, in her first video, what she could do as far as dancing and singing. And, you know, I mean... Britney was a Disney kid. I mean, she was on the Mickey, on the Mickey Mouse Club back in the, um, uh, you know, early to mid '90s. So, you know, she had that show business thing, and she, you know, so she just continued it. But maybe one more time, that definitely heads up, holds up. And I remember, I have fond memories of this. So, and just and just kind of back it up. This album came out. This this particular now release came out in the summer of '99. So this, you know, so I would have been. Um, 20 years old at this that time, and <laughs> the so just to kind of give you an idea of where I was at the, back then. Um, so but after Britney Spears, uh, maybe one more time, it follows up with You Get What You Give by the New Radicals. Now, um, 
it, that's just a great song period it's it's one of those that um you know it just it just sticks it's 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 a song that to me holds up and i understand it was you know basically the only um single by the new radicals but um it's just in to me that song holds up it does it's it's you know it I still love it. I know that, you know, there's a bit of controversy about it with its um, kind of closing tag where, you know, he starts name dropping celebrities, but you know, the songwriter said that that's not what the song was about. And I, and he, he, he's like, you know, I bet you everybody's going to pay attention to this part and not the political part in the beginning of the song, um, which is exactly what happened. And uh, you know, so um but yeah, you get what you give. Is still one of my favorites. It's still one that I listen to often. Um, you know, it it really kind of hits that sweet spot of like of hopefulness and um, I hate to say it, I hate to say. It, to me, it hits it hits this like balance of hopelessness and metal melancholy that I really kind of dig, um, at least in my in my opinion. So, so, um, but yes, that one definitely holds up. Now, that one peaked at number thirty six on the Billboard Hot one hundred, but it did uh, peak at number eight on the alternative chart. Um, so, it did hit the top forty, but it did better on the alternative chart. So, um, I would still consider that a hit. Um, so there you go. Now the third song <laughs> on this compilation, um, I had forgotten about, to be honest. Uh, even though I had it in my, I have it in my library cause I have the, the album. Um, but it's Robbie Williams millennium. Now what's interesting about this one is, you know, Robbie Williams, never really got the uh, got the success in the states as he did in the UK. Um you know Robbie Williams was huge in the UK but um you know he also was uh, part of the uh boy band Take That uh which had a had a pretty good sized hit in the US a couple uh several years prior to that with a song for back for good uh song called Back for Good. Um, but you know, Robbie Williams went solo and, uh, recorded a couple albums in the, in the UK, but it wasn't until, uh, 99 that they, uh, tried to bring him over to the States and, uh, it didn't work. <laughs> um, he really never picked up steam. I mean, he, you know, I mean, Really, Robbie Williams had huge success on on in the on the UK charts. Um, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. You know, 30 top 10 hits on the UK charts did not hit the U.S. top 10 once. 
didn't hit the U.S. top 40 once. The highest peaking song he ever had was at 53, and he only had two ch- songs chart on the U.S. charts. And the other one was Millennium, which peaked at 72. Can't say that was a hit. I'm sorry. You just can't say that was a hit. Um, it was a hit in the U.K., but this is the U.S. version of now, and, you know, it wasn't a hit. It just wasn't. Now, here's the thing, though. I do like the song. I like the fact that it it uses a James Bond sample. Um, that's what the strings are on the song. Um, you know, we've got stars directing our fate. It's it's a it's a nice pop song with a good hook, good good singing. It's it's a great song, but it wasn't a hit. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it just it wasn't it. Um, it just came and went and, you know, Robbie Williams just never, never really hit it uh, in the States. Now I remember some of his videos that did it, but he, as an artist just never made it. And I honestly don't think he deserved to be on this list because it, this wasn't a hit, but it was probably a record label thing trying to push, push the artist and trying to get him. A little bit more attention. I mean, it was a third track on this album, um, you know, and right before a, you know, another top ten song. So you know, I don't know. Um, it doesn't belong on this album. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit. So, um, so anyway. It is a good song. I do think it holds up a little bit, but you know, um, as far as a you know a good pop song, but it's not like one that I would go to all the time. So uh, the fourth one on here, though, it holds up, <laughs> and this we get to the second one hit wonder on this compilation because New Radicals was a one hit wonder, and so was Semisonic with Closing Time. And I mean, closing time is just, I mean, it's a nearly perfect song. It's, it's just, it's just good. Um, you know, it hits all the right notes. It's got a good chorus. Um, you know, it's just great. It's, it really is. And this one, this one, this isn't one that holds up for sure. Um, Peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot 100, number one on the alternative charts. So, yeah, this one's a hit. This one held up. Um, you know, it's definitely one that, that, uh, um, that you know, that's great. Just plain and simple. Um, the fifth one on here, though, I, I'm not sure this one belonged on here either. Um but it's a uh, sweetest thing by you two. Now this is the single mix, um, which if, if the playlist I'm linking will probably not have the single list, uh, single mix because, you know, now two is not on any streaming platforms unless somebody compiled a playlist <laughs> with it. Um, so there's that, uh, you know, it's, 
an okay song. It's not top tier U2. It's not really top tier pop. It's just kind of eh, Midland um, at most. Um, I'm just not really a fan. I don't. I don't like the the start stop of it throughout the whole thing and. You know, it just wasn't. And, you know, it, it wasn't a hit on the pop charts either. I mean, it peaked at number 63, um, which is, you know, I mean, U2 had had good success on the chart in the past, um, you know, and that just didn't do well. And, I mean, it did hit number nine on alternative charts, which kind of weird to me. But, um, yeah, no, no, um, no, I'm not a. I don't think that song is held up. I don't. I don't like it. But of course, I'm hit or miss with you two anyway. Um, so that could be part of it. But I don't. You know, it's okay. It's not terrible. I mean, I wouldn't get up to change <laughs> change the song. Um, but you know, if I if I have it on my phone with headphones, I, I may skip it. So I don't know. It's it's kind of right there, right there in the middle. Now, right after Sweetest Thing is a, a song that is actually in my, it's one of my favorites. Um, and it's, it's by Sheryl Crow, and it's my favorite mistake. It's not my favorite Sheryl Crow song, but this is my favorite Sheryl Crow album. <laughs> let's, let's go with that. Um, the album is really good, and... I, um, this is definitely a highlight on it. It's a, um, the song really speaks to that, that experience when, uh, you know, that it's, that it's wrong, but you do it anyway with somebody and, you know, it just, it's we've all been in that spot where we we have feelings for somebody but it's like not not returned but they'll basically they're breadcrumbing us they give us just enough so we will would you know sleep with them and keep us on the line so we're available whenever they call that's this is the breadcrumb song. <laughs> it's, and, you know, I know I've been breadcrumbed plenty of times. Um, I've been there and I've had those feelings. And it's like, you know, and, and sometimes you know it's happening, but you still, you still go with it because you still enjoy it. And you, you know, so it's, it's an interesting place to be on this, but it's uh, definitely, um, a, a an emotional state I'm familiar with, but yes, I love this song. This song holds up. This is a song I still listen to to this day, um, and um, you know, so and and it, and it did okay on the charts. It peaked at number twenty on the Billboard Hot 100, which is pretty good for a non-pop, non-R&B, not rap, non-rap song of that time. I mean, this is. Cheryl Crow, she's just kind of 
she wasn't really alternative enough to be alternative. She wasn't pop enough to be pop. She was just kind of in that, you know, female rocker space. Um, and, you know, and it, it didn't do that great on alternative charts either. It was, you know, as far as that goes, it peaked at number 26. But on the adult alternative charts, it peaked at number two. Um, I didn't know there was an adult alternative chart, so I was looking at this. But that's kind of good to know. Um, but, yeah, it's a good song. And, you know, 20 is definitely respectable for, for a song like that. So, um Yes, definitely. That one to me holds up. Um, and it goes from being a nice rock song to a nice dance song. Uh, the next song in this compilation is Fat Boy Slim, uh, a song called Praise You, um, which Praise You is. If you watch TV, you've heard this song at some point. It's used in it. It's used in movie trailers all the time. It's used in commercials. It's used. It is. It has become part of the pop zeitgeist, so to speak. Um, and you know, it's just constantly. You'll hear it somewhere. The original song, you know, it's still good. You know, um, the only thing knock on it today to me is the fact that it was, it's overplayed and kind of uh gotten away from you know um it's it's almost become that um that uh semi charm life type song where it's played all the time is so far removed from where it originally was and what it was originally a you know kind of a kind of even about um but but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it, I mean, the vocal in the thing is a sample of a, of a song called Take Your Praise by Camille Yarbrough. Um, and, you know, but it's, um, it's, it's good. And it, you know, and it's, it's just a fun, fun, fun song. And, um, that is, you know, what, what sometimes you just want. You just want a nice fun song. And, um, what's interesting though, <laughs> I mentioned the, the vocal sample, but it also f features a sample of the theme from Fat Albert and a guitar sample from It's a Small World. <laughs> but, the It's a Small World from the album Mickey Mouse Disco, which I will probably cover at some point because I had that as a kid. And yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, Praise You definitely holds up to me. I think it's a, I think it's a good song. So, um, you know, pr doing pretty well, uh, kind of, you know, as far as the, you know, as far as how things hold up right now, as far as it goes. And right after, uh, right after praise you is a song that I've already talked about on this podcast. It's, I think I'm paranoid by garbage. And if you want to hear kind of how that song 
impacted me, my life and how I think there, there's an episode on, uh, in my podcast albums that made trick, uh, talking about garbage version 2.0. I go in on about that song. Um, love the song, you know, everything. Now what's interesting about this one, this one did not chart on the billboard hot 100, but not because it wasn't a hit. Um, the Billboard Hot 100 at that time had a rule that songs had to have commercial releases in the U.S. to qualify for the Hot 100. And I think I'm Paranoid did not get a commercial release in the U.S. Did get a commercial release in the U.K. and other countries, uh, but not in the U.S. Now, what does that mean? What that means... Um, for those younger people, let me kind of explain. You you didn't used to be able to go on iTunes and just buy a single song. You couldn't just buy a song on iTunes. You actually had to go into record stores to buy to buy songs. And you know, you had your albums, but you also had singles. Now, at this time, the singles were mostly either uh, cassette singles or CD singles. Um, and there was not a U.S. version of I Think I'm Paranoid CD single or cassette single released in the U.S. There were CD singles released in the U.K., but not the U.S. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I Think I'm Paranoid, that's a great song. It still holds up to me, you know, Um Absolutely, absolutely love that song. And it did hit number six on the alternative charts because the alternative charts did not have the same rules um, as the commercial, uh, did not have the commercial single rule. So it was a success. It was a success on MTV as far as the video. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a definitely a hit. Now the next song I had honestly forgotten about completely. And I am glad it's back in <laughs> back in my mind. Um, but the song is Never There by Cake. Now, this song, <laughs> it's it's such a fun, it's just so much fun. And I know it's I know that, you know, um it's kind of about, you know, kind of uh, being abandoned and, and, you know, by your girlfriend and, and, you know, just kind of always kind of like things But I mean, it's just so much fun. Lyrically, the video is, is <laughs> the video is fun too. Um, and, you know, um, but I mean, the, I mean, the lyrics is, you know, on the phone, long, long distance, always through such strong resistance. First, you say you're too busy. I wonder if you even miss me. You're never there. You're never there. <laughs> it's just, it's so much fun. Um, and I just, I love the vocal delivery. I mean, it's not like, you know, the, the mute, like this, it's quirky. And I, I'm not a huge fan of quirky unless the quirky works and the quirky works here. Um, also note, 
Uh, it's not on the now compilation, but the B side of the single of this was a cover of I Will Survive, which is one of the few covers of I Will Survive that um, I really do enjoy. And once again, it's because of the quirky vocal delivery and, and you know, kind of the silliness, the, the silliness of the delivery with kind of the fun of the lyrics. It really works for me. And I can't say I love everything that Cake does, but um, this definitely was to me, you know, Never There is is their best song for me. Um, and absolutely, absolutely love the song. Now, it didn't do that great on the Hot 100, only hit number 78, but it was number one on the alternative charts, which, you know, that says something. And, and you know, and they, they were on a... Um, a smaller label as well so that that's a part of it you know get getting everybody to pay attention but it did it did it did did well enough to for me to consider it a hit um i definitely remember it and it yeah it's it's fun <laughs> it's and if you look at the video uh you know the Cake is performing in a country western bar, and the lead singer is like dressed up like a cowboy and driving a truck, and and it's it's just it's it's fun. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Um, definitely, definitely holds up. So so far, this album has definitely held up better than most. Um, you know, uh, not really t- any huge duds. Um, Millennium is probably the weakest of the, of what we've had so far, you know, with sweetest thing, but nothing like terrible until we get to this next song. So the song is because of you by 98 degrees. Now here's the thing with me and 98 degrees. Um, they were third they were they were the third kind of also ran in the boy band craze um they were kind of they were behind backstreet boys and nsync period you know 98 degrees is the jessica simpson of the pop wars you know it, they're like jessica simpson was to britney and britney and christina jessica simpson was perfectly fine um Great vocalist, but never really could compete with the other two. Same he- thing here with 98 Degrees. Now, at the time, Because of You was a, was a pretty big hit, and it hit number three on the Billboard charts. I had not remembered it. <laughs> uh, I forget a lot of times 98 Degrees existed. Um, and I'm sorry. It's just, it's not, it's not good. It doesn't hold up. I mean, it's, it, it was designed to be, I mean, it's literally a copycat of what the, what the others were doing, but it's watered down. Um, no, it doesn't hold up. Not a fan. Don't, don't care for it. And, this is the first full dud. This is the first full skip, um, if I were to put it. 
but it was a hit at the time. Um, uh, you know, the American public doesn't can't necessarily doesn't necessarily have taste. That's for sure. But at least the next song is a palate cleanser, and is a pop song that does hold up. Um, the next one is by the Spice Girls, and it's Goodbye. Now, Goodbye was the was the first single released with after Jerry Hollowell left the Spice Girls. Um, if you're not familiar with the Spice Girls, Spice Girls started out as a five five girl band. Um, after their second album, Jerry Hollowell, which was the redhead, uh, she was known as Ginger Spice. She decided to leave the leave the band, and um, Goodbye was released um, after and de- after she left and dedicated to her. There's no hard feelings when Jerry left the band. She just decided that she was tired of touring. She needed a break. And, you know, and, you know, later on she rejoined the Spice Girls. Um, so it's, you know, and honestly, in, in the song was actually written by the Spice Girls before Jerry left the band as, as, you know, kind of just a, it was originally written like a breakup song, but because of Jerry leaving, they re-recorded it and or they recorded it and kind of tw- they felt that it really worked for the fact that she left because you know in the song they talk about there's no hard feelings with her leaving it's just it's just time to move on and you know um so it, to me it ho- it definitely holds up and and it also was a hit it peaked at number 11 on the billboard charts um, in the U.S., um, even though it went number one in the U.K., <coughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely a good a a a really good song. I think it definitely holds up. Um, so yeah, yeah, goodbye. Definitely, it's a hit. It holds up. So still doing pretty well on this one. Oh, but this next one. So the next song of the now album um, needs a little bit more explaining. <laughs> so if you were alive in the in the nineties, you remember an animated TV show called Rugrats, and it was very popular on Nickelodeon. Went for many seasons. There's actually, they're actually about to reboot it, um, but they did a couple movies with Rugrats. And the next song in this now compilation actually comes from the Rugrats movie <laughs> and actually has a verse that name drops pretty much every Rugrat. So, yeah, um, no, this one doesn't, this one, I don't remember this one, honestly, at all. I do not remember the song. The song is Take Me There by Blackstreet and Maya featuring Mace and Blinky Blink. Um, I remember Blackstreet, Maya, and Mace. I do not remember Blinky Blink. Um, <clears throat> I tried to look stuff up. Nothing really um, 
really f- seemed um, to stick out. So, um, yeah, I don't remember Blinky Blink at all. I remember Mace. Of course, I remember Maya because she was um, part of the Lady Marmalade with Christina and Pink and Little Kim. And, if you know, Black Street was Black Street. So, um, but the song, it's so childish. It's so, it, it's like, it, it's, it, the music sounds like it's one of those toy pianos, like they used to have. And it, it's just, it's not good. And I know it was a hit at the time. It hit number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 10 on the R&B charts. Um, but no, definitely not uh, one that to me holds up at all. Um, there's a number 13 that's missing, uh, a show was done by someone named Bob Green and it was a number five R&B hit and number 22 on the billboard charts, but, uh, mm, song's kind of lost to me. Don't see it anywhere. So let's go on and move on. Um, the next song is, uh, father of mine by Everclear. Uh, <laughs> I remember this song when it came out. It never really stuck with me um, because it's basically a guy working out his daddy issues. And um, at that time, I did not have daddy issues. So never really resonated with me. And it's, I mean, he sings, you know, my daddy gave me a name and then he walked away. And and it's just kind of like vignettes of, you know, him, like him and his dad going back and forth, you know, but never really connecting when he was a kid because it's his dad. And it's autobiographical. His dad really did leave when he was about 10, if I remember right. Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it wasn't good then. It's not good now. It's it just doesn't doesn't really know um but i mean it, it only hit number 70 on the billboard hot 100 but it was a number four alternative hit i remember the video being played all the time on uh mtv so so i know it did have have all that but no to me it really doesn't doesn't hold up um after Everclear, uh, we got a song by Sublime called What I Got. And the this is an edited version, so it cuts out some of the uh, language um, <coughs> of the original. Um, so what I got um, was with Sublime was released um, r- pretty much it was released after the lead singer's death. Uh, Bradley now Noel died in, um, in 96 of a heroin, heroin overdose. And it, it was, it was their, you know, first huge hit. They had one hit, you know, minor hit before that, uh, a song called date rape, but I don't even remember that at all. I remember what I got and, it was, you know, it's okay. Um, 
it's <coughs> it was of its time, um, you know. And you know, this is this now album was released like several years after. Um, you know, this is the uh, this album just came out in '99. That song came out in like '97 uh, or '96, '97. So it's almost like this was kind of thrown on there um since it's it had already fallen back down the charts um i don't know if it was you know what the deal was with it being added you know so many years after um the the song kind of had come out and already had kind of peaked on the on the charts and everything um so i really can't i, I don't i don't get why it's here it's not really from that time and you know it really at that time it was already kind of played out i mean even you know their follow-up single santeria had already been out and um you know and i don't know it's it's okay it's not not nothing to shout about um once again though this was this was not a commercial really released single so it didn't hit the billboard hot 100 it did top the alternative charts though. So there is, there's that, but yeah, I really didn't don't understand why it's here. It's being, and yeah, it is what it is. So, um, so yeah, so we go from sublime to backstreet boys. What a transition. <laughs> so, um, this song is interesting as far as the Backstreet Boys go. So, um, so here's the deal, and I'll pro I'll probably talk about Backstreet Boys at some point in more in depth. I've got some a plan for that, but the song was really originally released in the UK in 1995. It didn't get released in the US until 1998, <laughs> um, and <clears throat> which is which is weird, but the first single that Backstreet Boys released in the U.S. and U.K. was a success in the U.K. but not the U.S. So they kind of played around in Europe for a little bit for several years, released two albums, and then they finally had a hit in the U.S. And the album, the first Backstreet Boys the U.S. got was a combination of the first two albums in the U.K. So what happened is, you know, they had a big, they had a hit with uh, quit playing games with my heart. Then they had, um, <clears throat> um, all I have to give. And then, then they all of a sudden had, um, you know, everybody backstreets back and then they re-released. I'll never break your heart. It's weird kind of going back and forth in someone's career and releasing singles like that. I mean, it's not unheard of. Lizzo did that recently. Um, but it's, it's weird because to me, they kind of, they didn't really grasp the, the, the zeitgeist as well as they could have at this time. Um, I'll never break your heart is not as good as quit playing games in my heart. Um, or everybody's backstreet, you know, backstreet's back. Um, 
you know, and it, 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 it didn't really sound like what was coming out at that time. And, and it's, you know, it's sad that because of you by 90 degrees did better than I'll never break your heart. I'll never break your heart. Only peaked, at, you know, peaked at number 35 on the Billboard Hot 100 world because of you peaked at number three. That's a big difference. <laughs> Though I'll Never Break Your Heart did top the adult contemporary charts. That's just an aside. But, you know, but I'll Never Break Your Heart. It's it's a good song. Um, it's lesser tier Backstreet Boys. Um, it's, you know, this is before they, they really had their their great stuff with, you know, um, their uh, Millennium album or Millennium album with, you know, um, with, you know, I want it that way and uh, show me the meaning of being lonely. Those are still to come. Um, that's where I really feel they hit their stride. They're still kind of figuring it out here. Um, but yeah, it's okay. I mean, it doesn't hold up as well as other Backstreet Boys, but it's, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> and this, this is, so first you had Sublime, then you had Backstreet Boys, and then you have Jay-Z. <laughs> Now, Jay-Z um, obviously is, is a culture institution now. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's you know, been in the you know, business, since, you know, for, for many, many years. I mean, his first album came out in like, what, 95? You know, and he's been married to Beyonce since 2008. And they have kids and they've been doing stuff together. And, you know, I mean... He's, you know, Jay Z is a is an institution, but here though, on on the this now album, is his song "Hard Knock Life" or "Ghetto Anthem," and it's an edited version, so it's 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 kind of cleaned up a little bit. Um, but I remember when this. I remember this. I. I had not paid any attention to Jay Z at all. Honestly, I was not. I was not really much of an of a rap guy back then. Did like some hip hop, um, but I really wasn't into the harder rap at all. This song, though, made my ears perk up, and it made a lot of people's ears perk up um, because using a sample from the Broadway musical Annie. And like the cast album from 1977 version, that's some balls right there. That really is chasing, you know, changing things around. I mean, you look at what was being sampled at that time. You had people sampling 80s stuff, you know, um, and 70s stuff. I mean, you know, um, I mean, you know, Puff Daddy at the time was sampling, you know, I'm coming out with a uh, mace and, um, and, you know, Will, uh, Will Smith was sampling around that time, you know, uh, he's the greatest dancer and, um, you know, forget me nots, you know, which, you know, those things, but he went to the Broadway musical Annie <laughs> and to sample the hard knock life song and it works. That's that's the really amazing thing because you know it fits, 
what he's what he's rapping about and and you know and i mean he's not talking about um you know just uh just i mean he's talking about life i mean and you know talking about living in living in the ghetto and i I don't like using that word but that's what it the song is and um it's a really it's a really really great rap song it's really showed showed people at the time that jc jay-z was a little bit more than what people were thinking of him at the time and um i know it it really put jay-z on the map for me and i'm about as white as white can be so to get to break through <laughs> that that um that thing that you know that's 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 something so yes i i i think the song is very culturally important um it it's not in my top spins um but i have a deep respect for the song deep love for the song uh because of what it represents and what it what it is and you know and really, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 great, and and you know that, <laughs> and it you know hit hit the top fifteen on the Billboard charts, and that's that's saying something right there. Um, it even hit the top ten of the R and B. Now it peaked at number two on the rap charts. I don't know what held it out of the spot. That's <laughs> kind of crazy to me that it didn't hit number one there. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's really, really a good, uh, really good song. Really, really holds up. So, um, so the now album ends uh, <laughs> with something I really, honestly, uh, how can I talk about this? It's not a song. It's a novelty. Okay. Um, it's by Boz Lorman, who, if you're familiar with him, directed the 90s Romeo and Juliet and uh, the recent Great Gatsby and Moulin Rouge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a song called Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen. And this was a re-release. This was actually originally because um, they redid the first line of this. Of this, but the history of this is actually um, <clears throat> this was a column written by a Chicago Tribune writer as a if she, basically the commencement speech that she would give that she wished she would have heard. And it starts out (laughs) where sunscreen, you know, that's, and just kind of goes off. And (laughs) it's, it's cheesy. It's schmaltzy. Um, Yeah. It's, 
it's you know it's not it it is what it is <laughs> it's it's a novelty song and you know novelty songs just don't don't stick you know so um but yeah it's 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 ignorable you can forget it now it, and it, I mean, it was it hit number forty five on the Billboard charts. It hit number twenty seven on the Adult Contemporary charts. Um, but it was designed to be the graduation song of that year in the U.S. Um, that's really what what it was. So, um, yeah, and. Um, it is what it is. It's it's schmaltzy. The music's not that you know memorable. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it no doesn't hold up. Not for me. So so overall on this particular release, one you know like the first one. The last, like the first now album, the last song is the one that I uh, don't like the most. Um, but to, to me, this one, this one has more hits that really held up than the first one. Um, I remembered basically, I remembered basically all of them once I heard them. Um, except for that one that's missing, I don't know where that one is. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's. Definitely, definitely did have hits on it. There, there were some that you know were kind of duds, but overall, this this one actually held up pretty well as far as a now album. I I got to give it credit. They did pick um, some hits. Oh, there was there was one I didn't remember the, the that Rugrats one. Didn't remember that one. Um, but yeah, this is this is a pretty good compilation. There's only uh, of the 18, there's probably only four that I would skip, which is pretty good for a compilation like this. So, um, so anyway, so that's this week's episode. <coughs> I have more episodes coming up. Um, please check out my channel update, uh, post that I released yesterday. Um, you know, once again, uh, like and subscribe. Um, well, that's YouTube statement, but um, you know, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast apps if you have available. And you know, I'll, I'll be back with you for another episode here soon. Um, once again, I apologize for the coughing that I had during some of this. I kind of have had a dry throat today, but you know how that goes sometimes. But but anyway, uh, thank you for listening and. I will talk I will be back soon and until then much love